Pastor Chris's podcast. Today, I share an interview with Thomas Sturgeon about his recently published book of poems, A Peel of Skin. Thomas and I originally met through Facebook and have shared lunch several times over the past couple of years. Thomas struggles with disabilities that make him unable to work outside of his home. Many people overlook or underestimate Thomas. However, he is a dedicated, passionate writer and a good friend to anyone who knows better than to judge a book by its cover. Sometimes it's hard to understand Thomas when he talks, but it is well worth your time to listen closely to this genuine and intelligent man. Our conversation took place over lunch at Sierra's Mexican restaurant in Chatsworth, Georgia. So you will hear the sounds of the restaurant and our meal around the table. I invite you to get into the spirit and imagine that you are part of the conversation. Though the interview was about his books, our conversation touched on so much more. Listen as we consider issues of trust, friendship, Facebook, and even the value of church. We also consider the true nature of strength and weakness, talk about anxiety and mental illness, and Thomas shares about his own struggle with suicide in 2006. Thomas's testimony is a miracle that can give you hope as he tells how faith in Jesus saved him and helps him to see life more clearly every day. Thomas's story is one of hope and redemption, but also about how faith can carry you through the continued struggles of daily life. So grab some chips and salsa and join us around the table as you become part of the conversation. I'm excited to be here today with Thomas Sturgeon Jr., who is a 35-year-old author who lives in Chatsworth, Georgia. He's been featured in 32 anthologies and is also the author of the book Red Carnival, which is a collection of short stories. Thomas's most recent book is called A Peel of Skin, and it is a poetry collection of tragedy, love, and forgiveness. It's also available on Amazon. I found Thomas has his own unique writing style that comes from his heart, and I really enjoy reading his books. I'm also here with my friend Matthew Head, who's here joining us in the conversation. So welcome both of you to this conversation. So Thomas, um, you're very passionate about writing, and you write all the time. Every time I talk to you, you're talking yes, to me about it. Yes, yes. So why, what made you want to be a writer? Well, it began when I was in school, and well, really, it began when I was growing up, really. And uh, I was like, my mom taught me about like ABC people, and I went to school. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, always been passionate about me reading, mm-hmm. ever since an early age. So I just took, took it up, and um, it, one thing led to another, and I learned like, my own pace and stuff. So, right. Um, Writing, like, I look at many authors, I just learn new things about each one. The skill, you know, um, the setting that they use for their work. Right. Like, say, like, if an author uses, like, a high travel, and it's their own style of writing that you can see. You can see kind of how they write. Yes. You can tell it. Sometimes you could even read a book. Yes. And... You would know who it was, even if you didn't. Yes. Even if you didn't see the title, who yes. it was written by. Yes. You could tell yes. just from the style. Yes. 
Do you say you have your own kind of style? Yes, yes, sir. Um, I write from a, like, I just write, like, what I know and stuff. I learn from life itself. And sometimes, like, you have to overcome adversity in order to understand, you know, just how far you have to go in order to succeed. And God, God has brought me all the way through. And through the hard times and through the worst times, through the best of times and through the casualties of life. Right. So, Matthew's here with us, and I'm going to put him on the spot. He didn't know I was going to ask him a question. <laughs> you were saying in the ride over here that you just finished Red Carnival. The Red Carnival. Yes. And so what did you think about that? It's really good. Yeah? It's good. And you, and you don't read a lot, do you? No, I don't. But why did you read this book since? It, it, when I read the back of the book, it got my attention. It's got my full attention. And right. I was like, this is, will be a good book. So I decided to read it. Yeah, you made the commitment to yes. read it. Yes, did I it mean, help you that the stories were short in it? Yes, it did. You figured that. It, it's, it's really good. Every single chapter, there's a ne next story going on yeah. and on. After you finish that one story, it goes on. So you don't have to read like a really long, long thing. Yes. Each story you can read in like one sitting almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thomas, uh, a lot of your writing is horror. Mm -hmm. Why is it that you, you you like to write horror stories so much? Because um, I pretty much learned that, like, I've read from, like, a variety of stories in my whole life, like, from uh, my childhood. And some of them my mom asked me to read, so I did. And I read Dewey Plume, and I read Boxcar Box Box Children, okay. and uh, Nessie Drew, and stuff like that. And I, and I write horror because I just enjoy that genre the most because um, I watched it when I, when I was a kid when my, when my dad that's one of my finest memories of my father right I watched like movies and stuff when he was alive right I've got another friend um, well it's actually a mutual friend of ours yes. uh, Jeremy yes yeah, Jeremy Patak and he loves to watch horror movies yes. and yes. you know it's kind of interesting that he he told me that um, that they don't scare him right he said that people, yeah. are actual like real life people, yeah. are a lot more scary to him than horror yes. movies are. Because yes. um, for with the horror, I guess, the, the movies, he knows it's just a story. It's yes. not real. Yes. So he enjoys watching that and, and being able to be in a scary situation that's controlled. Um, well, it was a horror genre and stuff. Like, many things that I went through life and so, itself, I mean, I'm just a survivor. Right. Sometimes what you have to overcome and stuff, there's sometimes cruelties and stuff that you have to overcome. Right. And just not perfect, like perfection isn't all there. Right. And with humanity itself, you think, like somebody can be the monster you want to know. Yeah, so um, do you find writing horror kind of an outlet for getting rid of your fears? Yes, yes. I, I actually face my fears and just... Yeah. Um, that's how I just look up, like, you know, you got to, you know, one day look at how many things you had to face in life mm -hmm. and each challenge. So if you're fearful and you just, you're not all, all grappling and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you, and you don't take life and you don't, and if you're living fear, then you're not really living life. Right. So you, like, I would, I would like, you know, because I love, like, Jesus and stuff, and because I know that I'm a survivor, yeah. I can tell others about my experiences. Right. Sometimes I, you know, go through my stories and just say, 
people can learn from my, from the stories themselves. Right. And just my experiences just right. sometimes goes into my stories. I see. What'd you get? Um, steak uh, fajitas. Ah, loves I love fajitas. They did. And you got a enchilada, chicken enchilada. So Thomas, what made you write books? Uh, I started writing when I was about 13. Around the age, and uh, like, I always think thought that I was gonna get my library combo published. Like, when my dad was alive, like, that, that didn't happen. Like, I, you know, I said I'm, to my dad, right before he died, um, I'm, I'm gonna one day get my book published. Mm-hmm. I said one day I will get my book published. Yeah. Uh, Ray Carmel, I was working at Metro Fifth Store, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really. All of it is like it's, it's like making my dreams come true because I had there's so many struggles that one like myself with disabilities face. Yeah. And oftentimes it's just and people don't really give you a chance and stuff when you're just starting out. Breaking in, getting started is kind of hard, isn't it? Yeah, sure. After you published uh, Red Carnival, mm-hmm. was it easier the second time around? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Uh, people, people didn't see how serious until the books were like published. Right. And even then, some people simply won't read my work. And that's just, you know, mom or other people. Like, I ask them if they're going to read my book, and they say, oh, I'm just, I'm, I have something else to do with this and that. And that's your choice. But um, every day is an opportunity. And uh, what I see is, but if I'm still alive, and that's a, um, there's still going to be opportunities. But after I'm gone, then there will be no more opportunities left. So. My question is for you, Thomas. What made you become a Christian and make you follow Christ? I had a love of God ever since I was small. Yeah. I loved God ever since I was a kid. I, I used to love everybody. I used to love people. And my mom was like, he's a he's stranger. And I had to learn that some people are dangerous. Yeah. And some people will. Um, my, my mom had to teach me that, and it's just you know some people may not have the best intentions. So right. and that's part of the reason why I like horror and stuff because and I, I love Jesus, I love God, and I mean I see a miracle happening. I know Jesus exists. I was about eight or ten. And I was selling my club foot, and I was I wasn't able to walk. You said so, club foot. Mm-hmm. After I had my surgery, I was able to walk, and they had my club foot. I I cut like you know, you know structured you know, cast and stuff. Right. And I they took it off, and I was able to walk for a period. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Eva's house, there's a lot of people there that was Christians and stuff. So I just you know said. Um, my, my aunt Eva and my mom took me to a preacher there and was continuing at the house where I was at. And the preacher came up to me and he asked, do you believe in Jesus? I'm like, yes. He asked me, do you believe in miracles? I'm like, yes. So he, he laid his hands down on me. And I was able to walk, but it was painful at first. Right. And I, I got up and I started walking again. And before that, I wasn't able to walk. So... The surgery kind of fixed the problem with your foot, with the club foot. Yes. But then his prayer for you gave you the courage 
to stand up on that foot and yes, really walk yes, in it. Yes. Even though it hurt, you had to start there and you had to walk through the pain until you started. Does it still hurt? No. No, no more. It's all gone now. Praise God. Praise God. You're a Christian. Do you pray? Yes, sir. I do pray. Yeah. I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. I pray, I pray for my Facebook family friends. Oh, yeah? Yes, sir. Well, you know, a lot of people say, well, Facebook friends aren't real. You know, that they're just like somebody that you never met or anymore. Do you, what, is that true for you? or No, it's not. No? no. Your friends on Facebook? I, I have over like 4,000 friends on my Facebook. Some of the people I know yeah. are authors and other authors. And uh, I learned from them. And I learned something from them. I, and they taught me some stuff about how to submit and stuff. And so, authors, kind of, in a kind of way, and stuff, kind of told me where to begin and stuff. Very, very um, so it was saying, not all, like, Facebook is fake. Some of this, like, parts of it is, like, um, it's dangerous, but there are some people that will look after you when you go there. And Isn't that kind of like real life? I mean, some people in real life, like you were saying, your mom had to teach you that some people in real life don't have your best interest in yeah, heart. Yeah. And it's the same is true on Facebook, too, right? There's some people there that, that don't have your best interest. Yeah. But it's kind of what you make of it, isn't it? Yeah. I remember one day, I was looking at, what was that magazine you were saying? Good News Magazine. Good News Magazine. I heard your article, I'm like, I got to connect with him. I can connect with him. That's how God led me to you. Right. And I read your article, I'm like thinking, that's, that's awesome stuff. He's a good writer. Thank you. And uh, I was just think, you know, God kind of led us into each other for a reason. Right. So, kind of like that too. It's kind of what you make of it, I guess. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and the relationships you have on Facebook. Yes. But some, some people are dangerous. Some people who say they are people aren't really who they say they are. Mm -hmm. So beginning my writing in 2018, I, I first started on my Facebook and stuff. Right. Well, actually, the year before that, but, um, like, Facebook became important for me. Mm -hmm. And finding how my, my story published. Right. Which was the Dead City. It was published in October 2018 at Rip Mask Museum, which is Okay. I, I'm publishing, like, it's all year. Yeah. Like, internet and stuff so now your recent book that you just published mm -hmm. that I just picked up a copy of came in last night mm -hmm. and I uh, I was able to read a few of the poems today by the way they're, they're really nice I, I enjoyed them very much and, but you titled it Appeal of Skin yes like, which I thought was kind of a creepy title. No, 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 no. <laughs> But I, I was wanted to ask you, what, what does that mean? About skin is layers of like emotion, layers of skin. Okay. And each layers of emotion is uh, kind of like an onion. Mm -hmm. Kind of like have yeah. you seen the movie yeah. Shrek? Yeah. And like and Shrek is like uh, ogres have yeah. layers, onions have yeah. layers. Yeah. yeah. Like I said. So a pill of skin was kind of like um, I began writing poetry in uh, back when I was in fifth grade. And I, well, who taught me was it? Uh, a teacher named Mrs. Barnes. Yeah. She taught me uh, a Japanese form of uh, haiku. Yes. It's a form of poetry that is it, like the, the fellow skin is. 
I know how you use both work forms of uh, reverse and haiku. Okay. So haiku is different things from reverse. Yeah. A pillow skin has a, a poem in it called Teen Suicides. And which I wrote because um, I was at that level in my life not too far ago. I heard my, some of my family and friends commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, um, there's so much of it nowadays because of the pandemic and stuff, so it's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I cry I cry sometimes because I hear, hear see something that says, you know, teen suicides. Yeah. I think I think if someone, if someone in my family, like my nephews or my nieces or anybody else, that matter, yeah, my like my friends and stuff, they commit suicide, and you know, and it's at the end. I, I, it's, I can't say goodbye to them. Well, that was one of the, the poems that. Can I read that poem? Yes. Teen suicide. Even as I hear this, my heart breaks for those who are hurting and grieving. Even as this virus is taking the joys of embracing one another. Now in these uncertain times and young, gone with a, within the blink of an eye, sit down with those that you love. Never take anything for granted. Underneath the doors of the closet, hanging by a rope, I cried seeing the tears of those who loved you. Can't unmake the decision, but I can see the light in your eyes and once that once held, if I could could have told you anything God had a purpose for you decided for you alone yet the devil took your breath away even I could tell you of when I once was suicidal and survived to tell the tale you will surely be missed as the many tears flood against the pains of losing you so soon what were you thinking about when you were writing that um, there's another poem in there called The Other Day, and uh, well, really, you look at my life and my, I mean, few things I've been through and stuff, like, there's been, like, people in my life, like, my, but I don't want to see anything happen to them. Right. And, uh, that's kind of the basis for that, and, uh, I would, I, I'd say, if you just get something somebody sees it and experience that, mm-hmm. and you just say, what could I have done? And you say, could I have done anything different? And the answer is that, that person leaves it like a trail. And I just, I just look at myself and think, what life would have been like if I didn't, you know, back in 2006 when I became suicidal, right. I would have committed suicide and what purpose would I have done yeah. in here and here and here now? What? And all, of things, all of the things you've experienced and the, the, and Influences that you've had on other people yeah. would have been gone yeah. Uh, yeah. for the last 15 years mm-hmm. if, if you'd have done that. Yes. Like Red Carnival and my promise my dad yeah. and like and the pill skin would never have been published. Right. It won't be it won't be able to warn people about yeah. not doing this, not doing that. So telling others is like I got saved, I got born again, I got baptized. I would have experienced all that if my life was gone. So that was all after 2006? Mm-hmm. I've been in mental hospitals, but, you know, I overcame that too. Right. Why were you in the hospital? Suicidal and anxiety. And because of the anxiety? Yeah. Is that something that you struggle with? Um, not a lot anymore. Not I know anymore. How to deal with it. I know how to deal with it. Right. Stuff. How do you deal with it? Just, I take my, my medicine, my anxiety medicine and stuff. Right. But, I, I can tell that many people are hurting today, you know, on the air, but, you know, 
If I can make a difference, then I'm going to make a difference. What would you tell someone who's thinking about committing suicide? You have a purpose. You have a purpose to live this life. God doesn't make mistakes. Right. It's like what Matthew always says, God doesn't make junk, right? Right? Right. That is right, Chris. Yeah. And uh, God doesn't make mistakes. And uh, just know sometimes you may, you may feel like you're just not going nowhere and doing nothing. That doesn't mean that you're going not go beyond what you are capable of doing. Some, sometimes the struggles, and then, you know, they may feel like mistakes to us, but mm-hmm. it may be that God has a purpose even in that. Yes. You know? And, you know, with you, um, being someone who has struggles, we all have struggles, mm-hmm. um, but your struggles, you know, maybe seem more apparent than others. Um, and yet you've still been able to be a writer, and you still, you're a very giving and loving person yeah. who, who's always saying kind words to people and trying to help people and I've never heard you say hardly uh, a disparaging word about anyone. Um, My story is kind of like an underdog story. A what? Underdog story. Like people that are below like certain levels. I'm I'm making it as an underdog. So this is your first year or second year publishing? I haven't been at it for a long time, since 2018, and even before that, you know, poetry. Yeah. So if somebody was, um, had never been published before, how would you tell them to get started? They have to take rejection to the art league. Yeah. Like, they have to take rejection, and it just, you, editors often give you tips and stuff on how to submit. And basically, guys like this are saying, do this, and do this, and do this, and follow the steps. Mm-hmm. Like, for anthologies, it's different from, like, books and stuff. Just anthologies, there's a call, and you have to follow the details. Like, if the call is comes to water, and water subjects, and water horror subjects, like, and you write horror subjects, not no fantasy, just horror. So you got to follow, like, the specifications for that, yeah. for that publication. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take rejections to heart. Don't take it lightly either. Yeah. Just keep at it until you get through. Yeah. And keep on at your craft until you get it to see. Mm-hmm. I want to read another of your poems. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Died on the Cross. Mm-hmm. Died on the Cross. In my place, my Savior hung on the cross in intense pain, even after all the mocking and painful inflictions of the whip. Deciding his mercy and love upon us, we have to choose life or death. Often I fall and stumble in sins. My tears are wiped away, for I know he loves me. Now we deserve far worse than what we truly deserve, taking him to a tomb, covering it with a boulder. Having been dead for three days, Jesus came back. Even doubting Thomas had been shown proof of the scars on my Savior's hands. Cross he carried in the hot sun, realized that he prayed forgiveness, for they know not what they do. On that day he died, the sky darkened, so I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. So my Savior has defeated death. He died for humanity, and God is everywhere, omnipresent. I celebrate and am thankful for his protection and for his provision. 
That's that's another good poem that I read. That's a very good poem I heard. Um, In my work and stuff, often I just, I I write from perspective and stuff. From your perspective? Okay. And 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 I've been saved and I've been baptized and Sometimes people people are just quite hard sometimes. Yeah, because you're a Christian. Because other, other times, at times they, they just don't have trust in you. Mm-hmm. A certain like say God and stuff, and Christ and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have trust issues with relationships. Mm-hmm. They have trust issues with relationships. They have trust issues with themselves. They have trust issues with their whole lives. I see. Because sometimes people have let them down so often that they're torn between. They're like living just, they don't want to hear it. And sometimes they just live a life full of lies. Right. Yeah. And sometimes they just, just don't listen to what people are trying to tell them. Just trying, just trying to warn them. And sometimes that warning, they don't. Every day is an opportunity. Every day is a blessing. Right. But if you take, if you don't live, if you if you live and you don't accept Jesus Christ as your only Savior, then... Um, you're making a mistake and just not knowing the Lord or Savior and just not knowing at all. Yeah. And oftentimes that's how the devil wins. The devil wins because? Because they don't know. They just, the trust issues are so bad. Because of like churches like, you know, uh, uh, prosperity gospel and other churches that lead people down a narrow path. Yeah. And people don't know, like, if they just don't know where to start. And right. And thank goodness, thank God that I know very, I begin with the Holy Bible and being taught that and stuff. And what what was story. it that helped you to trust and trust not trust. fall into that um, situation where, like, you know, that you said that some people don't trust the church or some yeah. people have yeah. seen, had bad experiences yeah. with the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why was it that you... You were because able because to. I was a, I was in the same position. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, before this and stuff, like prosperity gospel doesn't really help their people and stuff. It doesn't help their brothers and their sisters out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all they're doing is just taking from their pockets. Yeah. Right. But the churches are true that are are the ones that love Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know we keep coming back to this that people in real life yeah. that. Um, there's some good people and there's some bad people. Yeah. And, and you have to me open. You have to dig a little deeper yeah. and yes. learn who you can trust and who you can't. Yes. Yes. And with your Facebook friends, the same way. Yeah. You know, you have to dig a little deeper yeah. and learn who you can trust and who you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then with churches, same thing. It's, it's same the same thing, but most people, if they've been burnt so many times, then it's just, you know, if they've been burnt so many times, it's hard for them to trust at all. Yeah. And that leads so many people down to hell. Yeah. Yes. Because there's like a, we have to learn to trust. We have to learn to to not judge everybody by one bad experience, or even by three bad experiences. Right? Yes. And that's how I learned. And God, I thank God that He opened my eyes. God did. Right. Because not all churches are the same. And I think you know that's you know you wrote that poem about Jesus. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's so God knew that people were struggling. And and the way he could show and prove to the whole world that he was trustworthy was to come here in the person so you could see him and touch him and and hear him. And then ultimately he was to show the depth of his love was even to go to the cross and to die there. So that, you know, him him going to the cross and dying there proves how 
deep his love is, yes. that it, that he yes. is trustworthy. Yes. But the devil is out. He, he's out for the week, and uh, oftentimes people people are misled in all the reasons why uh, people just don't trust because prosperity gospel and stuff like that. Because you see that like, people see them in like these jets and stuff flying off, and they, they're in the zines. And it's just not not a good thing. Right. But Jesus loves us, and uh, Jesus is willing to forgive. Yeah. And many others, it's my it's my duty to tell others about Him. You said, you said that um, some, the devil goes after those that are weak. Yeah. But you know, there's an interesting thing because when we think of someone's weak, or we think of someone that's strong, yeah. Um, we have a certain idea that comes to our mind. Yeah. But but sometimes somebody can be so strong that they that they, they seem strong but they won't let anybody in they won't open themselves up and be vulnerable they won't trust anyone they are so strong that they wouldn't rely on Jesus or religion or anything like that but that's really not strength that's really a handicap that's really a weakness and it's it's usually the people who are willing to be vulnerable Yes. And willing to realize that yes. they are not strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's true strength. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not strong at all. I'm weak. But just know that my God, God gives me strength. Jesus right. does. Um, Thomas, have you heard or seen people that you asked them if they're atheist or not? Oh, you, you can tell from the person's profile on Facebook if they're atheist or Christian or well, they have a certain type of worship and stuff. I got you can a, tell it, that because they have, they have it on their Facebook. I had, I had input in this. I had a friend I went to high school with. Yeah. Uh, we were doing recycling together. And we stopped by one of the co- my uh, coaches' room. He gave him an FCA Bible. And I asked him, are you a Christian? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm atheist. Atheists, um, they're like, um, they people that don't believe in God, they don't believe in devil, they don't believe in anything. But really, in reality, you, if you look at the, if you look at outside and the cycles of life and how, how many things are going on at once, and you just think and, and say, I'm an atheist, they don't believe in anything. They don't believe in Jesus, they don't believe in devil, they don't believe in anything. So, it's kind of like, and atheists don't like the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, Jesus is there. God is there. God is always there. Yeah. Atheists are like just saying, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. Right. But um, it, it, it gets kind of hard because all of those things that are happening. Yes. It yes. takes a lot of faith to believe that that all yeah. happened by accident. Yeah. 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 Any yeah. outside influence. In, in supernatural things. There's skeptics. There's always going to be skeptics. There's always going to be people that don't believe until it's not right there in their face. Until, it's, until they see it for themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I also noticed you wrote, even doubting Thomas had been shown proof of the scars on his on my Savior's hands. And I couldn't help but, I, it just kind of when I read it, I know that's your name too. Mm-hmm. Thomas is your name and, and yes. the disciple's name was Thomas and he yes. was a doubting Thomas. And I wondered, is that a coincidence or is there anything more to that? Um, well, there's... That's in the Bible. Thomas was one of Jesus Christ's disciples. Right. Um, he was one of the twelve. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and in the Bible, he looks at it. He just doesn't believe until he sees the scars on Jesus' 
Until then, until that day, and he sees it himself and doesn't say, he's like, oh my goodness. Kind of like a surprise moment. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I'm doubting and stuff. Well, if I was living doubt, then I would be here. Right. Because, but I believe, I know that for a fact, that God is in fact real. Yes. Because you've seen? Because I know. Because you know? Because I've been healed because of all the things that happened. Right. Yes. All the answer prayers, all the yeah. things that yes. currently happening and stuff. Yes. With the world today and world with the things that happen. Right. Yes. Sometimes you just have to, um, I don't know if proof is the right word because proof brings to mind like science. Right. And science, science is kind of like, it to be it's not faith. Right. But, but when we see with the eyes of faith, um, it's different than seeing with the eyes of science. It's, it's, it's being open to understanding and yeah. grasping at something. You see, you know, one person sees it yeah. and doesn't accept it. They start yeah. thinking of excuses or they dismiss it. Yeah. Another person sees it and has faith. Yeah. And for them, it becomes proof. It becomes, yeah. it may not be solid proof like scientific proof, yeah. but it's a kind yeah. of evidence yeah. that assures them that this is true. And you've had that kind of evidence in yeah. your life. Yeah. You know, some people would say when that pastor prayed over your foot, it was just coincidence, no. but you don't see it that way. You see it as a miracle. A miracle. miracle. Yeah. And it gave that miracle, because of your faith, gave you the courage to stand up, mm-hmm. endure the pain, yeah. and walk through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also, and, and this is now, and being published and stuff, many people didn't believe me at first. Right. Many people still don't believe in me. Right. And that's a fact. They just say, they just say, just say, Oh, I used to believe you, but they really didn't. Yeah. But um, the thing is, each time I walked through, because God had me by the hand. Yeah. Jesus was telling me where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Even before my book, I wrote with Carnival, before it was published, right. I had dreams about it happening. And it happened. Yeah. And, and I just said, okay, this, this will be the next book in the series. This will be the next book that's going to come out. And right. And it's happened. Right. So, if anybody tells you that you can't do nothing, that you can't do something, that your work is not good enough, do not ever listen to them. Right, they yes. Have, they haven't done it themselves. Right. Yes. And they are, they are not, they're not for you. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put you down because they want to feel good about themselves. Right. 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 You just have to have that, I don't even want to say it's confident in yourself. No, no. It's no, not no, 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 It's no, no, more no. like opening yourself up. Yeah. To who God made you to be. Yeah. Understanding, yeah. Yeah. you know, if, if, if you're only chasing after your own selfish no, I'm not. desires, no. then, you know, maybe that's not what God's plan was no. for you. And no. it's fruitless no. and it's a, as, to continue as, down that path. As you can see, when I write this stuff, I, right, God I, gave you a gift for that. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the key is like understanding not what is it that I want to do, but being in that relationship with God and understanding what He wants me to do. What is His plan for me? And if you know yourself and who God made you to be, then you have that confidence. Thank you. So when you have that confidence in who God made you, then you can pursue that and not be not be discouraged by the criticisms that people have. And some of those criticisms may be constructive criticisms where they're helping you to be 
who you are better. Yeah. And some of them are just, like it's you said, toxic. toxic, and they're just designed to kind of derail you and yeah. put you down. Yeah. But so you have to learn to be confident in who God made you to be. Sometimes people have sort of steam issues. Because people have always been at that zone. Because they don't get to like, know what they want and what they need. Right. And so some people will like, have some seniors and it's really badly. And like, it's up to them to, it's like, I just, just say, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to make a difference. Right. And I, and I said, I prayed about it too. That's the thing, I prayed. Mm-hmm. And God answered me. Right. I can't wait to read your new book. Yeah. Now, uh, my new book is supposed to be called Nightmares This Way. That's the new book that's coming. That, that's the new book that's com- probably coming in June. Probably June. coming in June. Yeah. And the current book is Appeal of Skin, Skin. which is a collection of poems. And, and, and currently there's an option on Amazon Kindle Vela. There's uh-huh. a new program which is featuring work instead of like maybe serialized, like uh, episodic. Yeah. And the thing, uh, horror series I wrote is called Creep Factory. Yeah. Okay. It's, on, it's coming out soon. Okay. Coming out soon? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look for that. And I'll put a link for um, Appeal Skin and Red Carnival. Thanks for joining my conversation with author Thomas Sturgeon Jr. You can find his books on Amazon, available in softcover and also Kindle ebook. His recent publications that are available on Amazon are Red Carnival, which is a collection of short horror stories. And there's also Appeal of Skin, a collection of poems. I will put a link for both of these in the description so that you can easily find them. I want to thank you all for listening today. Now it's your chance to comment and share your thoughts. What did you think about our interview today? Did you like this style of podcast? What did you think about trust, relationships, faith, religion, and overcoming anxiety? Have you ever struggled with any of these things? Have you ever thought of publishing your own book? What would it be about? Leave your thoughts in the comments. And of course, I invite you to subscribe so that you can keep up with all my latest content as it comes out. Thank you again for listening today. God bless you and have a great day.